0: Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Folsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Stadia, Castlevania, and Propaganda. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right. Well, look, we're back, Ryan. Here it is. Here we are. Two responsible people delivering a podcast to the fans. It's been a whole week. No, it hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't been a week. It's actually been less than a week because we were off schedule, but now we're back on schedule, which I think is great. Yeah. And uh, And we're going to stick to the schedule. And, and and then we're going to improve the schedule. We're going to shorten the days between our podcasts until they're just there's just one pack podcast every day all the time.
1: We want to do daylight savings time to the degree that there are no days. I want there to be a new tomorrow every time you finish a tomorrow. There is a new tomorrow That's every cool. day, which I have to say is true consistency on the universe's part. Wow.
0: Wow. Can we talk about Elizabeth Holmes for a second? It's all, it's all I've been talking about. <laughs> so I don't Liz, I'm sorry. First off, uh, I mean, look, whatever. I don't. Elizabeth Holmes is a uh, her story is incredible, and you should read the book Bad Blood. That's my recommendation. I haven't watched the documentary, but what I will say is, like, what is truly shocking and annoying and uh, like, really aggravating is how many takes, how many takes there are in Elizabeth Holmes trying to like um explain how people were duped by like what is it how did it happen it's like and actually you know i i uh i uh, i retweeted somebody i believe hold, yesterday hold on a second where's my where's my retweet at um uh, uh yes this uh, writer julia Carey wong and uh she writes for the guardian and she's like i'm honestly perplexed by the idea that holmes is some great unsolvable mystery a complicated character worthy of deep scrutiny a young woman of marginal talent was showered with fame fortune and adulation she had no moral conscience it doesn't seem that complicated and so like it is true like it is very simple like a person who basically had like no moral compass was like given a break because of her family connections and um her existence as like a blonde-haired white woman in like a rich family and uh and then like everybody kept going like the more money she got the more people with money were going to other people with money like oh she's great you should definitely invest and um anyhow the long and short of it is like I, there are so many takes on it and uh all of them are bad basically for the most part all of them are trying any take that's trying to like to armchair psychology explain why a scammer like scam a scammer scam worked for the most part is uh like you know, it's pretty obvious why they, why the scam worked. It's, it's the same. Okay. So I read the book. I watched the 2020 special. I listened to the documentary.
1: I saw the Alex Gibney doc and I love Alex Gibney. Uh, My problem with the doc in, in a lot of the takes is twofold. Number one is that like, uh, in broad terms, Theranos should have worked, and it is interesting to see all the glitz and glam of Silicon Valley on in the film, especially for a, a enterprise we know didn't work out. But it, it, the book works way better than any of these other things because the actual interesting part of this whole story is the little ways in which you have to undermine science and ethics and your employees and investors every single day with arranging meetings in a certain way. Um, the 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 ways that. Psychological abuse and control, and an obsession with subterfuge and results, and um, a complete denial of science, led one of their employees to commit suicide, uh, after asking for help multiple times. Um, and you don't get that story in the doc. And in a lot of this, it's really glossed over. Um, and that is the most fascinating part. I mean, it is interesting to see her quote unquote charm and her uh, physicality in the doc, but it, it really is supplemental because they don't go into detail about why the science wouldn't work. And the book by John Kerruru really does. And yeah. that is what's fascinating. And I don't want to be the, uh, negative Nancy over here. But this is kind of also the story of Uber and the ways that Uber's system doesn't work. And yet that house of cards has not fallen apart. Their drivers are making 65 cents a mile with no benefits um, and debt because they had to purchase a car to do their jobs. And Uber is not a profitable company. And it's is really, really undermining public transport. And um, it's bad for the environment. It's bad for urban planning. Uber is not doing a net good and it's not sustainable. And But because they're able to snow everybody with um, great marketing and a convenient product that sounds great and in the short term feels like something you'd want to give money towards and it feels like something like really great, um, we're not dealing with the fact that every day that company works all day long to undermine and cover up the problems of their model and the fact that it isn't profitable and it isn't sustainable at scale. And... I mean, even Netflix is not a profitable company, but at least the content that they make is building out some indispensability um, in the entertainment industry so that eventually they'll be able to leverage that debt and become a profitable, um, enterprise. But it's, it's right. really odd because Uber's t- like biggest innovation was the app and the like rollout of the client side and driver side apps, but the rest of their product has not innovated and it hasn't, um, iterated and it, it isn't working great and autonomous vehicles are not going to save them. And the fact that we're, constantly obsessing over elizabeth Holmes's like funny voice it is funny and it's a funny meme and i do it all the time wow. i think it's hilarious that she <laughs> yeah. never blinked but we yeah. really need to talk about the fact that um like scientists and ethicists were unable to do their job because there was so much money and excitement cover and po- political will covering it up yeah and that's happening well, with other I'm, companies
0: well yeah i think that i think the thing the th- and by the way this is a, a lot of the the rage that is fueling the conversation about technology the debate of technology right now is like uh, oh, what happens when the technology goes from being this like cool toy that we all love using to being a thing that is a part of real life, like an integral part of the, how we build our lives? Yeah, I think that that I think the translation between—I mean—I think that our understanding of and appreciation for how real technology is—and by the way, this was something like when we started The Verge, we were talking a lot about about how like about how like the fringe culture of technology was becoming the center of culture. And that, and that everything sort of passed through the lens of and was reflected by technology in some way or increasingly felt that way. And like, I think that this is a really interesting manifestation of that concept. I'm not like, whatever, I'm not taking credit for what we're all talking about right now. But I am saying that that was something that early on, we were all sort of like, there was a lot of conversation, particularly around like the features, like the early features we did at, at The Verge, like we were doing, you know, we did this big thing about like, um, you know, meat. I was actually just tweeting about it the other day, but we did this thing about like synthetic meat and how like the meat crisis is like, I mean, it's actually like threatening like, you know, humanity, like th- that our overproduction of meat is like really bad for the planet. And it's like, here's this technical solution to it. And so we were really interested in those types of like intersections of like where life was taking place and how technology would alter it. And now we see like, That The technology is like where – it's like where there's so many parts of our existence now where that – where the awesome innovation, the idea has transformed into something that is much more sort of has become much more fundamental or much more important and the ramifications of that have not been – no one has really well studied the – one, what happens when once it happens but also the way that we got to those things without ever – thinking about it, right? Like, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about like the ethicists that people need to hire at these tech companies to like be able to grapple with what they build. And it's like if 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 thinking about ethics was at a core, was at the core of the bit of the industry that drives these innovations, then we wouldn't be having these same conversations. And the innovations might be a lot fucking better or a lot different. And so you know it's this interesting thing where I mean, I'm still I still remain excited about the potential for technology, even though like I think like lately, you know, it's hard in like in Trump world and it's hard in like the world of like where Facebook's like literally just I mean, there's just a story today about how they were storing passwords in plain text files. You know, it's like it's hard when you feel all these violations happening at every moment to still be optimistic. And when like, you know, when it's like you're on the 10th version of the Galaxy phone and it's like, okay, they they put the camera over there now and it's like cool you know and like the innovations are like you know we're in the i've said this before we're in the valley you know um, i mean but the reason the sort of to innovation. take it so personally and to get so frustrated is because
1: it has so much potential and because I, it's the thing i think about the most and i love the most and it could be better and it needs to be better and well, it's like, but, i have yeah, high standards yeah, I mean, because i love this and it could be the thing that saves everything
0: you know yeah but you know but you look at but you look at elon musk Who is unquestionably a genius in many ways and a visionary, but also you you get a sense of just a total abandonment of like ethics and of like sometimes like sane thought. Or like appreciation for like human beings or appreciation for workers or appreciation for like the impacts that his projects will have on like the larger infrastructure. And meanwhile, like he also is doing a lot of projects that like would potentially benefit infrastructure like wildly and benefit the planet wildly. And so it's like, but like even there it's like when you think about like if he's like the new Steve Jobs, you know, and by the way, Steve Jobs also had lots of these same fucking problems, you know, it's like, at what point do we get, Uh, inventors and companies and, and, and venture capitalists who actually are taking into consideration, um, uh, you know, actually taking into consideration the reality of, of the world that we live in now and the world that they're helping to build or, or, or dismantle. I just don't think
1: we need, um, like type a aggressive rule breaking, hyper-capitalist. I don't think that that's necessary for innovation. In fact, I think it like holds otherwise brilliant minds back. And um, I don't see a critical discussion of that happening because the very people who need to have that discussion are are crippled by the need. It's sort of like the workaholic thing. It's the need to work 80 hours a week are the very people who would benefit from pulling back and having a larger discussion because they're intelligent and talented and they could really uh, affect change are the people who think that, like, you need to be working 80 hours a week. And, like, studies and science show that you don't and that, like, enabling your workers to live um, even if they're Uber drivers, even if it's a class of people you don't respect, um, enabling them to live better, fuller lives leads to better products and like a better world. And if Uber drivers are better cared for and healthier and safer and uh, more rested, I just think that you'll have a better product and a better service. And maybe some of those drivers will have innovations to pass on to you. and it 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 just to me, it's I look at someone like Jeff Bezos and I think he's made incredible products. but, The idea that there seems to be a blind spot with uh, how Amazon affects the environment, and yet there's an obsession with Blue Origin because we want to explore nature and space. Like, how do you hold all of those (laughs) ideas in your mind at the same time? I don't know how you do that and how someone that powerful, like truly the richest, most powerful man on the planet, maybe, um, is unable to take action on the most pressing issue of our time because it might make him slightly less powerful. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it makes him slightly less powerful, but he would still be extremely powerful, maybe still the most powerful, in a world that is sustainable. And, like, I'd rather be slightly less infinitely powerful and have a thousand years ahead of our society than be the most powerful man in the world for ten years before the oceans boil. And I know it sounds um, apocalyptic. It sounds alarmist. It sounds really negative, but... Um, the focusing on Elizabeth Holmes's voice and her obsession with Steve Jobs doesn't drive the actual problems um, and the actual interesting part of the story, the actual thing that's fascinating. Right. It's right. sort of like and true it, crime, like obsessing over the fact that Son of Sam spoke to his dog doesn't really do anything about the fact that we have such systematic mental health issues that our murders are the most grisly and we have the most serial killers in our country. Like, that's fucking wild. And we need to have those discussions, not like, you know, dog memes about Son of Sam. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No. Well, I mean, we can do both, can't we? I mean, we we can do both, but it
1: feels like people only have the willingness to do one. And then once it's out of their system, once they've memed Elizabeth Holmes, it's boring to them. And then they move on to, like, from Lori Laughlin to Elizabeth Holmes. Now it's going to be, you know, Devin Nunez doing Twitter. And then we're just going to keep moving from on and on from these things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that shit's great, um, <laughs> but you know it is like listen. On the one hand, like the thing, and then we should move. I want to sue. Topic, but, I want to sue um, but, but, uh, anyone uh, who who tweets at me. Any mentions? I have a I have a <laughs> lot of people that I'm planning on suing for uh, hurting my feelings on Twitter. Um, Twitter, which by the way, like it turns out, uh, is not actually a perfect reflection of of humanity, uh, and maybe may actually highly uh, not applicable to what's going on in the rest of the world, but um certainly a fun place to yell at each other uh but what i was gonna say is you know the thing about her voice also is like which like you know i'm all for like a good sort of like let's joke about her voice because it is so completely fucking bizarre um it also kind of raises like you know i don't want to like to knock all of like the the you know seemingly woke people out there but it does raise like there are questions to be raised about like why she had to do the voice why she was doing the voice in the first place and what it says about like the people she was doing the voice to and what it says about like the how seriously we take women in these positions and you know there's all these kind of like um essays about like why did these old men invested and like everybody's like well they were horny and it's like that is like one way to put it like i but i would think that i, I would say like don't dismiss their horniness for money uh over their horniness for like a young woman <laughs> you know anyhow i mean the voice on. thing it's is basically to... just
1: code switching and the ways in which marginalized groups have to like fake a personality or a affectation and i constantly think about the fact that if i put on a, a straight dude voice and uh yeah. fucking stood slightly differently if i would be yeah. what is that your straight dude i voice? mean there's an attempt if, if i was able to do something like that <laughs> would know, my career be different
0: though yeah, I don't know,
1: but it's not naturally I what comes know. out of my mouth. Like this isn't an affectation. So if I, uh, I'm Elizabeth Holmes and, I, like, I, and I, I have ideas for innovation. Like, would I be farther along? And that's kind of like a much more interesting discussion than like this woman was delusional and thought people thought that was her real voice. It's just way more interesting mm. to me.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I mean, listen. I, I'm. There's a lot of. There's a lot to unpack there, and I would love to unpack more of it. But uh, we also have other topics we got to get to, so we should do that. Listen. Anyhow, just it's all because, my fault for bringing it up.
1: Just because you've got a huge heart on for Google Stadia. Wow. Stadia. Stadia.
0: Stadia Arcadia is how I think of it, really.
1: Stadia uh, sounds... Stadia. What does it sound like? It sounds like a medication. It like stadium is what it sounds no, like. No, it sounds like a medication. Ask your yeah, doctor about Stadia. It's
0: for uh, restless, leg, restless <laughs> leg syndrome. Stadia. It's like steady. It'll steady your leg. Like steady. Stadia, I guess, would be a better one, but... It's it's actually pronounced stadia. It's it's the a is. uh, Do you feel yourself in movies slightly jiggling your leg,
1: wondering, do the people next to me know that I have ADHD? Try stadia. It may cause suicide.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. So stadia is. Oh, I will say this. We were talking last. We were talking on the last show about how I'm like, I don't care about streaming gaming. You can't do it on it. You can't play it on a plane. Like it sucks. Whatever. Fuck it. I am like somewhat interested in. uh I'm somewhat interested in Stadia. Like it looks like it could be like I'll be honest with you. I don't have that much room in my life for like more video game options. Like I'm already daunted by like, you know, Steam. I'm like, oh, I should check out what's up what's going on uh on Steam, you know, or whatever. And um, you know, it's like a billion games that I want to play. And then I'm like, well, I gotta get I'm gonna set up my PC and do you know it's like okay. I'm like I am already out. Right. I'm just like yeah. even looking into it, I get I'm out. So now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna come up with I'm gonna get I another fucking gaming system, another controller um, oh, and and I have and, an ottoman you know, in my living room that literally just has controllers and like d- like uh, docks and, and your con- like your, c- your controller ottoman. That's a that's a they're selling that at West Elm. Now. It's, it's insane.
1: Uh, I look at it sometimes and I'm like, well, can I throw some of these out? And it's like, not really, because if I want to play on my Android phone, I need this thing. And if I want to play on sure. this, I gotta have these, and the, I got this one over here, and it's insane.
0: Yeah that's right so 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 yeah f- yeah it's like the controller Another thing controller. is like john you know when john wick opens his like um chest full of like weapons and they're perfectly arranged and like they the foam is like has been cut out for the perfect shape of all of his but it's for me to his, play like, angry birds I, that's like what you're doing you just you're just trying to yeah you're just trying to get a multiplayer game going and you're like uh you have to like break open up uh, your concrete whatever the point is the point is The
1: point is, uh, competition, I think, is good, and I think that this is a good solution for some people. And, it, you know, if they want to fund game development for d- games that wouldn't have otherwise been made, that's cool. But it doesn't – there are lots of
0: questions about how this is going to work and h- who yeah. for. And I, their big mistake was – their big mistake is um, – their big mistake was uh, – Calling it Stadia? <laughs> well, no, was – just demoing Assassin's Creed. They're like basically, for me, immediately, I'm like out. Like I don't give a fuck about the Assassin's Creed, uh, you know, series or whatever. And so now I'm sort of like stuck having to feign interest in Assassin's Creed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it, you know, it just like, seems like sorry, why wouldn't you just... roll it out with a price and then a suite of games that you originally produced that you can't get anywhere else, and yep. say to people like. It costs this. This is the internet connection you'll need. And we promise you like this money back guarantee if you experience lag or whatever and really like totally. reassure our fears and then also present us with some stuff we wouldn't have otherwise had and be like, listen, Google's entering, entering gaming. We're not taking away from anywhere else. We actually made some of our own original games and hopefully you'll like them. And there's five or six launch titles like the way that anybody
0: yeah. enters a console race. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. I mean, so the thing is, it's like I assume they're all PC games, right? Yeah, it seems so to be like uh and and it
1: doesn't seem like we're getting VR or motion or any like individual like gimmicks. It just seems to right. be like a standard Xbox game is now available in on your PC or Chromecast.
0: Right. But I think controller. like uh I think that there is I think that there is um you know, I'm 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 okay with that. I mean, if it's good, I just I don't know. It's just the thing to me is like I do love the idea of like not having to buy a box. And it being just, like, totally awesome. But, like, I, I don't know. It's, like, sometimes, like, my YouTube videos are, like, really pixelated because, like, my streaming is fucked up or whatever. I mean, like the I get a Chromecast device
1: itself is not my favorite way to watch things because yeah. sometimes it's good to just have a dedicated box. And I know that, yeah, like, it does work know. and it's an option. It's a low-cost option for people. But
0: YouTube isn't, I like. I fan of local. I mean, YouTube local. isn't not buggy. And, like. The future is. The, yeah, the future is all about, like, your home server. Okay, it's all about local. Uh, I don't know. Um, At any rate, at any rate. I mean, this doesn't um, this doesn't hurt the
1: switch. I'll say that the switch's gimmick is alive and kicking.
0: Yeah, I don't know. At any rate. okay. yeah. Speaking of speaking of the switch. So anyhow, so yeah, they announced Stadia and I guess I'm somewhat interested now. I'm a little bit more interested. I like their controller. I say it's an attractive controller and I will definitely check it out. But I – it's, like, if it does – if it did, like, big picture mode, if it was, like, Steam and I had access to all the stuff that was coming out on Steam but it was, like, super easy and accessible and the streaming worked really well and the latency was, like, basically non-existent. these are all things that I would – probably aren't going to happen, um, then I'd be very interested because it would simplify – I think – because I, I keep thinking, like, I built this, like – I built this, like, PC – a couple of years ago and it's like it's fine but it's kind of a bigger box than i want to have in my living room and then i've been looking like i'm like what's the smallest one i can buy i've been looking at all these different like custom configs and they're pretty fucking expensive like you're spending like a good like 1500 bucks on like a, a a like specialized gaming like mini pc and you're still dealing with like the interface of the pc even with steam even like big picture mode there's still like a lot of like Sketchiness to the whole experience. Oh yeah, I mean, so, like, there's a lot a of like, holi- you know, driver up. A very, ho- yeah, a very holistic solution would be would be fucking awesome. I think the other issue is that a lot of PC games aren't necessarily controller centric, and that is. An issue as well. I also
1: think that gaming doesn't benefit from Google's usual, like, iterative, like, we'll fix the bugs as we go along, and it's gonna get better and better, or we'll kill it, uh, approach to things. Like, gaming, the PlayStation 4, when you plugged it in and played your game, it worked. And, like, there are little bugs, and I wish, like, I could change my username, but, like, For the most part, that's why I buy a console because it's a simple solution and it works, and I don't have to like fiddle with it. And an an area where there's like lots of little asterisks, and we're gonna get to that along the time. And oh, this bug is happening, and oh, you're only experiencing lag because we're doing a server update. And you know, those will get more less frequent. Like they need to come out with this as a solid product, and they can't do the Android thing where they're like, we'll get to those other features later.
0: Like it has to just work. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, and I don't know. They've done a lot of stuff like this, and it's just been like kind of a mess. So I'm not gonna put too much faith in it. I but, mean, competition's competition. Yeah. Let's see what everybody else. No, does. I like. It's good. It's fine. It's great. I think it's great, and I love it. Yeah, I love the idea. Here's what I do like: is that they've had like an uh they have a uh, like integration with Google Assistant where you can be like, "How do I?" Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it works like shit, but like I'm telling you, when I was playing Resident Evil the remake, there were areas where I'm like, "Where the fuck is?" I mean, this I have key? to do that in every game, like every game. Yeah, and I had like I have my phone open next to me, just like sitting open on some shitty ass IGN. And like mm-hmm. disgusting, like uh, fucking pop up ad. And then if you're tweeting, situation. if you're on
1: Twitch streaming, and you're trying to do a tutorial, um, and you got your Twitch dashboard open on your computer, you got a tutorial on your phone. The yeah. PS4 is
0: running, and you're just like, I just want to find a key. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. It's bad. It would be really awesome if there was like, if there's an actual intelligent way for like the assistant to be like, oh, like you're looking for X. Here's how to find it. Like that'd be fucking cool. But there's no way that's going to be like really elegantly integrated. Well, let's see. I hope that
1: they can really pull it out. I really hope
0: they've been hiring a lot of talent. Yeah, sure. We've all we've all been seeing the hiring. But uh, does it mean that it's going to turn into a real? You know, somebody pointed out they're like apples, like how, their their media jobs with the media and the title are up like fifty percent year over year. mean it's like okay, cool. That doesn't mean they're going to like drop some sick media product on everybody. Well, then. we'll get to that. But first, let's talk about the switch. Yeah, let's talk about the switch. Whatever the switch had a big announcement yesterday. They announced a bunch of new games, a lot of indie games. I don't know how you like figures like Stranger Things three the game is an indie game exactly. Like I understand it's like an indie developer, but it's Stranger Things three. Well, it's
1: sort of like indie movies that are seven million dollar budgets.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're like. Yeah, exactly. Did it like splash of well, a seven million dollar budget? On, on that point, on that point, let me just say the Stranger Things three trailer came out, yeah, and it's it looks fucking it looks awesome. So good, and like I'm trying not to like. I know it's like I know it's, I know Stranger Things is like popular, and in some way, like it's the Big Bang Theory of like sci-fi, um, weird like horror stuff yeah. because it's like a bunch of it's like kind of accessible to like regulars, like Millie Bobby and, Brown uh, is is, a, is
1: it's like pretty accessible to like normies, now. yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, but like also it's a lot of fun and the show's really good and entertaining. I mean, they did have that, they did have that one massive turd of an episode last season where, um, Eleven joins up with like some weird punk crew in Chicago. But I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pretend that didn't happen. Like I'm so dreading, I'm so dreading them bringing that crew back. Like you don't even understand. Um, but
1: some things are basic and popular because they're good. Hmm. Like everybody is always shitting on stuff like like
0: Starbucks or Disney World. And I'm like, Yeah, but those are <laughs> no, Disney World's totally good. good. I mean, Disney's like just by sheer force, just by sheer magnitude of like owning the um like child entertainment market and sheer I mean, they own forty percent of entertainment. And sheer uh, money. Like yeah. It's like it if Disney World wasn't actually pretty entertaining, it would be uh crazy. Um anyhow, but so the Stranger Things Three is one of the games and it looks funny. It looks I mean Stranger Things Three. The game looks like fucking Zombie Ate My Neighbors. And if anybody yeah. knows me. I love Zombie Ate My Neighbors. Uh, Zombies ate Zombie Ate My Neighbors. Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Ugh. Zombies Ate My Neighbors is one of um, my favorite Super Nintendo games. And uh I guess it was an arcade game as well. I don't really, actually it may have just been a Super Nintendo game. But anyhow, one of the first things I did when I got the analog, um, super nintendo emulator was like busted out zombies Hey, my neighbors and this game looks a lot like it but obviously it's like modern and more detailed it's funny how how completely cemented like retro game style has become in video games like it's really interesting because for the longest time and i'm sure there's more to say on this for the longest time in games we were like how does it get we got to make it look more realistic we got to make it a little more realistic, little more realistic. and then at some point somebody's like what if it looked old and people really like that and I have to say, like I really like it. It's like Dead Cells has a very retro look to it, although it's like extremely modern retro. And I fucking, I think we love really,
1: it. we really honed that art style at the time, and and it was a format that worked. And when we made the jump to three D, like the N sixty four and PlayStation one games weren't great because people were really figuring out how to do yeah. it, and they didn't know they needed two analog sticks for things and stuff like that. But I think that we had really perfected that two D aesthetic over thirty years, and sort of like how graphic novels and um, motion comics and, uh, you know, uh, anthology books and, you know, like little comic strips. All of those formats can exist if you perfect them. Yeah. But for a while, we got a little distracted with the flash bang of A 3D. Yeah. And
0: like and like we're stuff. like, oh, you can like, uh, you know, like Mortal Kombat, everything. And like it's like, yeah. And I mean, that's really probably not the best treatment for every game. Um, But but so 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 that's like so there's a bunch of games that seem really interesting. Like uh, there's this game Katana Zero, which is 100% like very similar in the retro style. It kind of looks like a Dead Cells-ish side-scroller, um, which I'm definitely into. Uh, there's this game, Rad, which I'm less excited about. I mean, I know there's some big ones. I'm going to talk about them in a second. This There's a game called a Creature in the Well, which looks completely awesome. Um, apparently, it's pinball-inspired. I don't love that. Uh, and they announced this game. They also announced this game, Overland, which... Um, I actually downloaded the Mac version yesterday, and I—it's an interesting and really beautiful game. I don't do not like the mechanics of it at all. I it may be more entertaining on the Switch, but um, but most importantly, I guess I'm sort of I'm sort of bearing the lead. They announced Cuphead, which is this massively popular game for the Xbox, and uh, I guess did they come out for the PlayStation as well? Was it an Xbox only? No, just the Xbox and PC. Exclusive. Yeah, and um, and Cadence of Hyrule, which is a it's a zelda game they but it's made by an indie developer
1: yeah it's like a rhythm style zelda game. yeah
0: and i don't know the rest of them. nuclear throne i'm just looking through here i don't know this looks good i guess i'd play this it kind of looks like robotron to some degree
1: i mean the switch is just a basically the ultimate console for indie games and they really do well there and i think microsoft realizing that isn't a market that they're gonna really pursue as hard and that they kind of just want you to be able to play good games anywhere um putting cuphead on there is an early step towards them putting a lot of xbox content on the switch and also shifting xbox from a like box that you buy into like a brand right this is sort um, of what they've been what microsoft's
0: been doing with all of its stuff is like they're Microsoft is basically, like, trying to be, like, a services company. I mean, everyone. Is. I don't think they're killing... Right. I don't think they're killing the Xbox, necessarily. But, I mean, I guess if the Xbox were, like, turned into a service and I didn't need to buy a box,
1: necessarily. Yeah, I think they're going to sell Xboxes and they'll for at least maybe another generation or maybe two um but i think that the shift is clear that they're looking at something like stadia but a more iterative version of getting there do you
0: think like i was just thinking about 5g i was like oh well once 5g happens like everybody will just be we'll just be streaming everything everywhere all the time and then i was like gee i wonder if we're gonna find out that like 5g actually gives everybody cancer instantly or like you know at some point we're gonna be like wow like we really don't know, and 5G has not a lot of range, so it's going to take a very long time to roll yeah, out. Yeah, but everything. I'm just saying, like, we, you know, there's so much shit just flying through the air now. <laughs> it's like piercing our bodies. Like, I, I don't know. Listen, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, as you know, uh, except when it comes to 9-11, in which case I'm a huge truther. But um, <laughs> no, like, you know, you do have to wonder at some point, it's like, is this all this stuff good for us? Is it good for our bodies? Is it good for our minds? It's hard to tell. I don't know.
1: I don't know, but it got Cuphead head on the Switch.
0: That's important. And that is the important, important thing. And
1: Castlevania collection coming to the Switch.
0: Wait, is it? Yeah. Wait,
1: what? Konami's doing several, like, collections for the Switch, one of which is eight Castlevania games.
0: Where do you, where is that?
1: That was announced a few days it ago. It was? How did I miss yes. that?
0: I don't know. I tweeted about you it. You did? Yeah. Oh, I have muted you. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Hold on. Let me look. I'm Googling right now. Google. Um. Konami. Here it is. Yeah. Oh boy. Four confirmed game and four mystery game. Unfortunately got out Castlevania by Dead Cells, so it doesn't matter. And they also there's this game that's coming out for uh Bloodstained. This game is coming out for the Switch that I just saw, which is called like it's like Ritual of the Night or something, which is like a total Castlevania ripoff. It's by the people who did the original Castlevania. Um who did somebody in there. You know, so here's the thing. Like I guess like I I get less excited about like old games. Like I love the idea, but the truth is, like they're not really as good as new games, for the most part. Uh,
1: yeah, and I think that's fair. But I do think that Konami's not making new Castlevania games. So if you love that the, those games and like a remaster lets you go back and play and be in that world, that's a great thing. Yeah, um, Konami's busy
0: making pachinko machines. So I would like to see like Snatcher, like the original Snatcher, or like the best version of Snatcher for like the Switch. That'd be really cool.
1: Yeah, I don't think remasters are always like sometimes if they're a little too close to the original, just upscaled and stuff. I'm not like total I don't feel the need for that. But when it's a reimagining of a great game that really refines what made the original game great and you make it clear that it's not that original game, that it's like a new interpretation or whatever. I think that's awesome. There's a lot of properties that that need a like a fresh coat of paint and But
0: sometimes like, the new just, Mega Man's great. But sometimes like you want it to be the original. Like 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 the Snap like Snatcher for um I played the Sega C D version. Like that version's pretty close to like the like the Turbo Graphics and the MSX versions, I think. Mm-hmm. Without a ton of, gra- I mean, it's got some graphical changes, but like, I think, I mean, it'd be cool to like the have the original Snatcher available for like whatever i mean this is this is just me i
1: I think playing with some of those old properties is fun and i like that like sonic mania was a blast it was fun it was really refined but it wasn't trying to just be sonic 2 or whatever um and you can get sonic 2 in a variety of different ways i don't know i'm excited that this is just gonna be something i can have on my console legally uh, because i love castlevania and it's it's gonna
0: be nice to have that and it's cheap it's 20 bucks for eight games no i'm with you it's fine it's nice it's good i'm glad it's happening they need to do they needed to do, um, Dracula X uh, yes. for the proper version of it for um, like the 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 the, the turbo do over the turbo the PC engine version of it. I need to get mm-hmm. and play that on my Switch. That would be fucking awesome. Great. All right, what else? Okay, what else is on our list here? We I know we have a lot of things to get through. What are the other big um, stories? Oh, Apple. I want to talk about Apple. Me? Oh yeah, we talk about Apple. Uh, Apple. I don't know. They released a bunch of stuff this week that I don't care about, like new iPads. Which oh, I did buy my mom a new iPad because it's her birthday uh yesterday was her birthday so happy birthday happy birthday um, mom mom topolsky um but also and uh you know you, they're not available yet you have to so she's waiting so we had to send her we sent her the the cover she got the cover in the mail but we're like, <laughs> you'll get the rest of it later um
1: she's like i love these <laughs> new
0: airpods i guess i don't use them so yeah. I mean, I use AirPods, and I just bought a pair.
1: And I, I looked at what the update is, and I was like, uh, "Wireless charging is not yeah. always the most convenient." They don't and have the
0: wireless charging thing either, do they? I mean,
1: Siri sucks. So, like, "Hey Siri" is not a feature that I really care
0: about. Ugh. Yeah. So um, honestly, I mean,
1: so it's like just uh, the, you know, they're a little bit of a bump, but there was know. nothing like there's no banner update to it.
0: And so they're having they have a big event on the twenty fifth, March twenty fifth, and everybody's like, "It's all about services." Everybody's like, "It's uh, it's going to be news." Their news magazine service. And uh, TV, they're going to do a Netflix competitor or whatever. Um, Casey wrote last year, at the end of Casey Johnson wrote last year about um, like a passing mentioned in the Guardian, a little bit detail on like this idea that they were looking to buy Conde Nast. Um, and, you know, I think that would be a really interesting development uh, if Apple, Apple were to buy a large publisher. Um, it also moves Apple into a very interesting space, but so does the TV thing. Um, where they go from being like this kind of like store for things to the people who make the things. And, you know, historically, I haven't seen companies like Apple have a lot of success with that. Like, I mean, you could say Netflix is a clear sign, you know, or Amazon. I mean, Amazon's had success, but it's not quite to the level of like Netflix success. Amazon has had success just by sheer power. Just like the money, by the money, right? And I think that Apple has something similar – going on like but apple kind of falls on its
1: face whenever it tries to do stuff like this like apple music is a success but only because they jammed it down our throats like they kind of fall on their face whenever they try to do something like this because they just they come in trying to apply ideas for hardware design to like narrative television without understanding the medium in a way and netflix definitely has its things you could critique like there's a lot there but they do seem to understand video and they understand tv And, like, that isn't something that you can just be like, well, we'll just pay a bunch of people to make shows. Like, that's running a studio is a lot more than that. And I speak from experience. Like, the way that Hulu works when you develop a show with them is very different because they're owned by several broadcast networks. And they're just putting their toe in digital. So they're coming from it from a very pers- particular perspective, as opposed to studios that have always been digital, like Netflix, where there's a lot of freedom. Yeah. Um, and both models have their benefits, but Apple coming in, I, I haven't been sold as to what their philosophy for their streaming service should be or why that their
0: streaming service will offer me anything that any other tech company throwing yeah. a bunch of money at. I mean, like I mean a, they're gonna they have a lot of talent. I mean, I guess they have talents like JJ Abrams and this person, that person, but it's like, you know, that's like I mean, to some degree, talent
1: needs a set of tools to work with. Well, I'm just Do you saying. I'm I mean? just
0: saying, like, there are shows that are produced by like great classic talents that are that have been just fucking rocked my world. But there's a lot of shit. I mean, the shows that I've really been loving, and and have like really enjoyed, and been like, yes, more of that. Like Stranger Things is a really good example. Actually, nobody ever heard of the Duffer Brothers, right? That's the guys who made it. Nobody really ever heard of those guys before the first Stranger Things. Like, and I'm pretty sure that the story of Stranger Things is that a bunch of people passed on it. Like, they were shopping that. I could be wrong. And a bunch of people passed. And Netflix was like, sure, we'll do it. So, like, but, you know, I think that, like, what actually is exciting about the current rise of streaming is that, like, you know, I know, like, for instance, like, I just started watching Shrill last night. I know a lot of people who are very famous are involved in the production of Shrill. But, like. And a lot of like people that I who names I know from TV, but it feels like something that like doesn't isn't like about like this one powerful person put it all together, you know? Yeah. And I think that in it, it and it like it and it feels like a show that's like is like loosed of a lot of the things that like the really powerful people. It's like I watched um, What's that show? Uh, what's the show uh, uh, with James Franco in that where he's the twin? It's the fact that I can't remember that it's like about, about a strip club or whatever, About about, about the deuce, the deuce, the deuce watch the first season of the deuce and it's good. It's fine. It's like, it's got some like really good moments, but like, it wasn't like it I, to me, it wasn't like the OA, which I mean, the OA is like a very, it's a, I know it's a very polarizing uh, piece, but, but like, it's new, but it's like new and different. And it's made by people who aren't like Martin's brought to you by Martin Scorsese. And like, so I kind of don't care that Reese Witherspoon You know, of course, who I love and is America's sweetheart. I kind of don't care that Reese Witherspoon is like producing. That's what I mean.
1: Sometimes people are really talented, but the like infrastructure, the environment, the just the sheer um, process. Of how shows get made, there's a difference between how HBO's infrastructure and their processes internally work than, say, ABC or Nickelodeon. And you can see the end result there. And I don't think that Apple knows how to build a process to get the result they want. I think they're hiring marquee names, throwing money at it. And buying Condé Nast to me makes more sense because Condé Nast, again, it's a company I could criticize for hours, but they understand... Print and publishing. Yeah. And so that integration with Apple's resources could be great. Um, but they're not purchasing a network or a streaming company or a studio. They're trying to like fuse something together. So I don't know how successful this would be. I'm open to it all working. Right. It's just, it's just uh, money and a lot of devices in people's hands will... Make this thing profitable, but yeah. will it
0: make it good? Well, I mean, I think it's also that lock in that you see with Apple News. I mean, and that's the other piece of this is is the news side of it. But, like, I mean, that the, you know, besides the TV stuff is like the, you know, the, the lock in is like, oh, you now you have the, fu-. I mean, I mean, Apple's gotten really bad at this shit where they're like kind of forcing you to upgrade and trying to like, you know, like to casually get you into their things that you actually end up paying for, like their music service, which is like, try it out. And the next thing you know, it's like you're just subscribing to it and you don't notice. I think that, um, that like they're going to get people to like join in and subscribe but uh it is like a little bit of like what is the motivator for subscription you know and i i mean and there may listen there may be shows that look fucking amazing Uh, my my bar for like something that is convincing enough for me to get a subscription is really fucking high at this point because like between what is available on things like amc uh, or even some of the network stuff I mean, not very much but like you know some of the sitcoms are like The Good Place is is really good and that's an NBC show and like there's like all that stuff like I still watch Modern Family and find it like fairly entertaining.
1: I mean like HBO at Netflix and Hulu uh, with a couple of supplements. That's you know I'm saying. I have, sorry, cable, so I have like, HBO Showtime. So much.
0: HBO Showtime, Netflix, Hulu that's a shitload load plus Amazon Prime which is another whole bunch of stuff and uh, I don't there's no way I can watch all the stuff that they're doing. It's like, there is going to be a point, there is going to be a point where it's just like, listen, this is just more than I need and want. Like, there is a limit. Like, so I think that Apple adding to the mix, it's like, it's nice. It's great. I'm happy for them. But I do think there's going to be a question of like, what do you like? What is the thing that you need? I'm going to spend another $10 a month because I need to have it. Like, let let me put you this way. And I, and and like there are wonderful there are amazing like I subscribe to the the New Yorker. Do not subscribe to Vogue. Do not subscribe to GQ. Do not subscribe to uh, uh, Wired. Do not subscribe to I'm trying to think of other Condé Nast titles. A bunch I don't right. We subscribe to the New Yorker. We definitely read that like the physical magazine and obviously digital. I, you know if you're like wow you can get all these for ten dollars I might be like okay cool but like I already pay for the New Yorker. And I don't know that I care about the other ones. I, mean, I guess if it's like cheaper than if it's if it's the same price, subscribe to the New Yorker, and I get all of them, I, I would do that.
1: I also think it's just a thing where like there, this is a time when a lot of people are going to enter this space, and Disney needs to be looked at as a monopoly. And this Disney Fox merger is a travesty, frankly, for the entertainment industry. It's but pretty the Disney up. Plus streaming service. Is going to be bringing you a shit ton of things you want to watch. All right, the they thing. now no, no, have. No, no, no. I mean, look, I, FX,
0: Fox. No, no, no. When entire I saw the trailer, Disney when I saw the trailer, animated. For, I almost subscribed. I almost subscribed to the CBS thing for for um the new Star Trek show, mm-hmm. and I it just I didn't think it was that good to be perfectly honest with you. But 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 I'm I'm fairly certain that the new Twilight Zone is going to be only available on the CBS streaming thing, right? Yeah. Okay. So like that probably will push me over the edge to at least paying for the run of that show for paying for that subscription uh and so like then we're getting into really kind of fucked up territory with like how much i'm subscribing to things i mean me personally but i think a lot of people feel and this were way shelling out 300 a month for like entertainment streaming entertainment like it's that's wild it's a bit much it's a bit much you know what i mean it's a bit worrying and so anyhow the point is i guess what i'm saying is um you know i am uh You know, I'm somewhat alarmed. I'm somewhat alarmed and disturbed and frankly not totally sold uh, on the idea that I need Apple service in my life and they have shows that are so good that like it's unparalleled, you know, that they're just like that the quality is unparalleled. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I could be I could be proven wrong. I could be proven really wrong, you know, like I'm not. I'm ready to. I'm ready to hear that uh, Apple is the f- way forward, and I have to be a part of it. I
1: have a feeling Disney Plus is going to come dick swinging in, and oh Apple is going to have a couple cute little things that are offered, but that it it's to me it's not a sustainable. I don't know. I mean, I, I I would love to be proven wrong, but I don't know that that's Apple's forte or where their focus really needs to be right now.
0: Right. Um, well. We're gonna find out on the 25th I guess we will I will say I'll give them credit that they're getting a bunch of releases out they updated IMAX they did the uh, they did the the iPads they did the airPods and the whole thing is like we're gonna get all this stuff out of the way because we're gonna spend a lot of time on media. It also feels
1: very honest about what these updates are. They're not things to have a keynote presentation with, like you know, like doing a uh, Ouija board to get Steve Jobs to hold up this, like the
0: AirPod Two. Like we really
1: don't need the pomp and circumstance for the AirPod, which
0: is great because we definitely need way uh, fewer of these events that are full of this kind of bullshit pomp and circumstance, Mm -hmm. like. And now this huge excitement. And now we're
1: bringing out Vanessa Cardboard, yeah. the developer behind the news. Did
0: you say Vanessa icon? Cardboard? Yeah, I just made her up. Is that a person? That's not a person. No. I'm really into Vanessa Cardboard, and I think that should be a thing. <laughs> that should be a person. Uh, I love the sounds of it.
1: Thanks, Greg.
0: <laughs> when Wait, we were developing I'm here to the tell icon, you about, <laughs> I'm so excited to tell you about. Rise of the Ninja 4. <laughs> is Rise of the Ninja a thing? Hold on. Rise of the Ninja 4. Not a thing. Nope. Naruto. Not Rise yet. Of the Ninja. Vanessa's working on Naruto, it. Naruto. Rise of a Ninja. Rise of the Ninja, though, not a thing. Yeah. Vanessa <laughs> Cardboard in her game, Rise of the Ninja 4. It actually starts at the fourth installment, which is what's so revolutionary. <laughs> like about Star it. Wars. <laughs> Should I buy Bloodstained Curse of the Moon? I'm thinking I'm going to do it. Yeah. I haven't played it. It's eligible for thirty-five gold points. I don't get, understand what's going on with Nintendo. I, I can't keep track of the what the their point points are. Does. So stupid! Right, do that you subscribe you get like to their thing. Are you a subscriber to Switch Online? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is, is it worth it? It's twenty dollars for the year. Oh, that's not bad.
1: And you get cloud saves. So my, you know, that's cool. My very clumsy ass might break his Switch, and I need to know that my games are saved somewhere. So it's <laughs> worth it for me.
0: Yours is just like insurance. Yeah. You're like, I just don't trust myself. No. I got to know that my Pokemon are in their bank or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow. Um. Okay. Sorry. So we're going to find out what's going on with Apple. And the media thing's interesting. The news thing is interesting. I just think it's like really a, 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 an eyebrow raiser. People were talking about them wanting 50% of the proceeds from subscriptions, but then also if they own Condé Nast and suddenly it's in their best interest to like promote Condé Nast content yeah how are other publishers gonna feel about that and like so maybe but that may not happen by the way uh anyhow whatever so 25th it's gonna be it's gonna be a shit show it's gonna be a rocking rocking shit show but uh yeah i don't know I, i i get i don't get i just don't get very excited about uh these particular types of
1: uh i miss when everybody used google reader i still use rss it's great it's all you need what
0: rss i love it yeah
1: Check out Feedly. Have you heard of
0: Feedly? Yeah, it's really good. I mean,
1: I have solutions, but I just miss when we were all just using Google Reader. And everything well,
0: everybody's fine. making a newsletter now. All you have to do is—that's the great <sighs> new social network that everyone's doing. Five dollars a month, and you can get my thoughts on—you know—I'm sorry, The Bachelor. I'm sorry. I gotta say, <laughs> I gotta say, the newsletter fatigue starts now. I'm yeah. already—I already have newsletter fatigue from all the all the people. All not non in, like personal people um i just don't love the idea of like everybody that
1: i want to hear their voice i have to use patreon to get the exclusive bonus newsletter and a t-shirt and that's how our media works now it's just very depressing i'm glad that there are individual artists that can like carve out a career in a way that they couldn't before but the future of media is not patreon and uh, (laughs) Hmm. i don't know
0: Hmm.
1: anyway anyway um, well, in other news, uh, Instagram got a report coming out that uh, just as bad
0: for uh, poisoning your brain with conspiracy theories as every other social media platform. Yeah, I mean, this to me is not a surprise. Taylor Lorenz did a piece for The Atlantic, right? Um, yes. About like, oh, it turns out there are all these conspiracy accounts on Instagram and there's all these like teens into it. And it's like, OK, it's the Internet. Like the, the, it, It's like when you make bad, salacious ideas available to people, they're gonna gravitate towards them and they're gonna share them and they're gonna talk about them and they're gonna start to believe them because that's how people like like I remember when I was a, when I was like a I'd say in my early late teens, early twenties, you know, I was so fascinated by like the Robert Anton Wilson um conspiracy theory stuff and like behold a pale horse and all the stuff about the Knights Templar and the, you know, the 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 you know, I of course talk about all the time my favorite book, David Icke's The Biggest Secret. Um, which is all about like the global cabal of lizard people controlling, and I like listen, I was like enamored and fascinated with the concepts there. You know, we were coming off of, of course, this is like, an age coming off of like the X Files generation, which is like very much like oh, there's a big conspiracy, but that's also fueled by the same shit. And and it's all it always feels like really exciting to be. I think there's a process, and I think it's like real true for pretty much everybody. If you've been like if you've been traditionally schooled, like, and then you. In your sort of formative teen, let's say teen or young adult years, find uh, like someone is like, do you know about this like secret knowledge that no one's telling you? I think there is a natural, almost I would say like biological response to be really excited about that and really interested in it and to feel like the thing that you all – that one always sort of feels latently, which is that there's like something that someone's not telling them. You know mm-hmm. like I think in life we all feel that there's something we don't see and that can be sinister or it could be like mundane right but like we all tend to believe that there's a there's some mechanics behind everything that we're not privy to or we're not in control of and that can be either frustrating or mesmerizing or you know fascinating at turns but I think that so I think there's this natural proclivity for people to be like attracted to and excited about learning the secret knowledge. The fucking problem is no one guessed what it would be like when you brought that to the stage of the internet. And when you brought it to the stage of things like social media, because that hadn't been invented yet and no one could imagine it. And it was like, you know, it's not like you called a friend up on the phone and you were like, I just read this book and it turns out the world is run by lizard people. It's like you published a newspaper that became immediately available to every single person on the planet uh with whatever story you wanted and now it's instantly being read like there's no no one no one was ready for that when it came to like bullshit like this is the thing that i think about all when when, you know the the new zealand shooting and i and you, you hear about um we talked about this a little bit uh, on the last show, but you hear about all these people talking about, oh, all oh, you know, he was immersed in all these these uh, forums, and he was on all these social networks, and he was spreading this, you know, in, involved in this sort of you know doctrine of whatever. And it's like, yeah, like we only thought that these systems were going to be used for good, and now that they're being used for bad, people are like, I don't know, like what the fuck do we do with that? And so, is it surprising? Sorry, I'm really ranting, but is it surprising that we've discovered that yet another social network that does the exact same thing that all the other social networks do is being used in exactly the same way? It's like. To me, it is the least surprising thing in the world. It is, uh, to me, a foregone conclusion. And by the way, check out Khloe Kardashian's Instagram account for a second and read the 9,000 fucking comments that she gets on a typical post or the 20,000 comments or whatever. It is a dumpster fire. It is fucked up. I mean, her shit's fucked up too. But I mean, very fucked up. But like the comments, the people participating in conversation, the shit that people are saying that it goes unchecked the arguments that people are having it makes youtube look chill and sane okay so like i don't know what the surprise is to be perfectly honest uh the question is what's the fucking solution and none of these none of these tech companies have an answer and let's be clear their bottom line relies on them sort of continuing to not have an answer because you know time is time attention is attention The more those fucking people are reading about conspiracy theories on Instagram, the more ads you can fucking serve them on Instagram, and that is their business, and that is how it works. So unless you can upend their business model somehow significantly, they're not really going to work that hard to curb that shit. That's one man's opinion. I think people
1: are naturally storytelling creatures, and they're naturally emotional, especially impressionable teenagers who haven't heard bad stories several times or bad narratives. And if you're a platform that constantly talks about, we enable people to tell their stories and share their memories and, you know, create dialogues and discussions and, uh, you know, brand themselves, all of which is just a form of saying, like, tell a story or share information, Um, you have a responsibility for what you're enabling people to share and how your format shapes the stories and narratives that are shared. And I think, like, people are going to seek out the ones that, Make them feel a certain way um, and that feed into whatever their needs are, quote unquote, or whatever releases um, you know, the most ac- energetic activity, chemical releases in their brain. Uh, and I think, like, if you are a platform, you have responsibility to both your users and like your advertising partners to create an environment where what you're doing is productive in some way and not just an attention hole. And I don't know that any of these companies care or are, like, grappling with that in any capacity. And it's not, like, shocking to me that infinitely available, like, infinitely available narratives mean that people will seek out bad narratives. Like, that's not shocking. The reason that, like, journalists and the media worked for the time that it did was that a group of people sat together and felt like some sort of Responsibility for the limited space. They had what they should share because the news at 11 was an hour long and you had to sit down and have hard conversations about what you put up there. And we're in a place now where it's all unlimited. And so garbage gets just as served as good stuff and without a curation or an editing or um, even just a calling of the worst of it. Yeah, like it's when it's available. Someone's news at 11 now is sitting in their bed staring at their phone. Like hearing about how the Jews secretly run the world and we have to stop them. And that's their news at 11. And then they turn it off and Instagram makes a few cents. And that's bad that on that. And it, 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 we're in a place where I don't know how we like unring that bell, except that I hope that everybody wises up at some point. But, I mean, conspiracy theories being like the way that people interpret the whole world based on information presented to them by tech companies, um, like user-generated nonsense by the most mentally ill people with the most free time. I I don't know. Like, I don't know how we pull back on that. But I do know that, like, it's not shocking that that was found on Instagram. I don't know why. I mean, we all seem to have this collective delusion that Instagram was slightly better than other places. Um, I I don't know that any social media platform in the available paradigms is able to effectively fix this problem. And I don't know how we fix it without like institutional changes to like education and like publicly funded news. Like I really don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer, no, but I do I know mean, that it's really well, worrying. Apple did, make and an investment.
0: About... Apple did make an investment in the news literacy project. Um, and they're backing a bunch of news literacy thing. I mean, obviously like there's a, can be a push from some of these um some of these companies, but you know, I, I don't know. It's like other countries have whole news literacy programs in schools, and it's like a core
1: part of the curriculum. Yeah, that I mean, that, that how helps. To,
0: I mean, that definitely helps. Like, we have definitely have to get people like able to parse the information on their own, but it's still like it's really hard. I think it's just really hard. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's going to be hard to put all of this back in the box, and I think there's going to have to be a generation of, I think there's going to have to be a generation of people who kind of grow up with the with the, um, you know, with their shields up, right. Like, like if if we're if we do it right, hopefully the next generation or or, or maybe the generation after that, if we don't fucking totally destroy ourselves, we'll Wrong have there. We'll right? have like the liter- the literacy education will be there. The, just the general shared knowledge of what's up and what is like what's up with the internet and what is good and bad on it, and like a hopefully some aversion to this concept of like everybody screaming at each other all at once on these social platforms. That some version of that will like. Let people have their shields up in a way that like gets us back to some sane way of communication. Because like I'm like you know I think we all know like increasingly, um, the full info onslaught is like not actually good for people's brains, for their emotions, for their like existence. I mean, the older generations did not
1: address climate change because the thinking was that a generation is going to have to grow up and do this work from the beginning and like chip their patterns and blah, blah, and that didn't happen. And I worry that our generation and our grandkids, if they survive to that point, will turn to us and say, you enabled an information apocalypse because you liked tapping on photos and scrolling, <laughs> just like our grandparents liked cars. And you didn't grapple with this problem when, you, when it was beginning at the root and nobody was She's saying to the Mark Zuckerberg's and Jack Dorsey's of the world, like get your shit together. And I think we need to like, at this point at this inflection point in like history say like, Hey, um, like Elizabeth Warren talking about breaking up these companies and, and higher oversight and the EU doing really, I mean, it's not perfect, but really broad, intense work at attempting to grapple with the ways that information moves and the way that the internet has changed society. Yeah. Um, it's at least an attempt. And I worry that we're not looking at um, ourselves or our local leaders or our governments and saying, okay, experts in what's going wrong should lead us to tell Silicon Valley w- w- the things they we need them to force them to do. Um, we're turning to Silicon Valley and saying, hey, you invented Instagram and the iPhone. You want to invent a solution to this? And they're not invested in really doing that. And they're not good at it. So why are we asking them to do it? It, The solution is not going to be another app. The solution is going to be someone coming in and saying, your app is great, but this is what you're legally not allowed to do. And you're making a ton of money. So you'll absorb this cost because we have to protect society. And, like, (laughs) I don't think that's fucking crazy. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like oil companies. Oil companies are we're printing money. We should have stepped in and said, okay, 40% of that has to go to developing solar technology. And sorry that one day the money spigot won't be going. But, you know, we don't want to be in 2019 thinking about the oceans boiling. And we didn't do that. And now we are. So I just feel like this is our version of that. And right. we have to get serious about it now because we know that it's wrong. We know. Like, we do know. Even normies and, like, locals know that they're not getting great information. That was the fake news, like meme, the reason that that phrase took off was because they don't know which information is bad, but they know they're being lied to and that a lot of this is conflicting and that it doesn't make sense. And the stories they're being told don't match up and that they don't know they're doing their research on vaccines because they don't know what to believe. They know that that's like a thing. And so when we know it's a problem, like we all kind of have to step up, especially voices in the media need to step up. And maybe it takes journalists demanding Mm. that the Mm. platforms that our links get shared on, have a responsibility instead of trying to, you know, push this onto users. I mean,
0: this is, yeah, I mean, this is, um, you know, I mean, there's so much to be said about this, but I mean, the, the, the entire, you know, sort of structure of, of the media industry is the incentives are just all so bad and wrong. I mean, it, it, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's very hard. I mean, you know, it, it's like you get beat up from one side if you don't move fast enough and do enough. You get beat up from the other side if you're, t- you know, if you if you move too fast and, and break things. You get
1: beat up for trying to make something. You get beat up because you made something in a capitalist society. You get beat up by readers <laughs> yeah, if you don't yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get beat up by your accountants if you don't get crazy clicks. It's like people it's are like, like you're me, fucked either way. need
0: more jobs for journalists, and then it's like you know, there's jobs for journalists, but they're not the right kinds of jobs, and then people are mad, and it's like you know, and then it's like everybody wants. Like the problem is the all the incentives for journalists Right now are the wrong incentives. It's like yeah, they're like it is still like click based incentives, you know. Yeah, it just
1: is, and we've identified that as a problem since like 2013. It's ridiculous. Oh, from up. long before that. I mean, no, long- but I mean, like that was the point at which like clickbait entered a like mainstream. People know what that word means yeah. as a problem yeah. in the way
0: that it is still a problem. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, at any rate. Okay. All right. What else is on our list? I mean, there's a there's lot to unpack there, but we're not going to get to all of it right now. What else do we have yeah. on our list? Um, I mean, what else is going on? Uh, oh, Biden Abrams. Do you want to type it that wrong? way? Sure. Joe Biden is polling real
1: high, and he's he wants to uh, announce Stacey Abrams as his running mate really early on yeah. to kind of cut off the idea that he's going to do only neo-lib capitalist or that he's stuff.
0: yeah i mean listen i said this to that laura it's like a I craven to, move i said this to laura like either earlier this week or last week at some point i was like what if biden because i saw reports somewhere and they're like oh he's waiting he may announce he's gonna announce in april and he may announce like his vp pick alongside like as a kind of big splash or whatever and um i was like i said to laura I was like, god what if he announced with like somebody like Stacey abrams who is loved by the way Everyone. further left the harder left She's loved by
1: everyone, I and, think,
0: and well, I mean, I think she has a she has like a pop she has the a popular kind of appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she ran a local campaign that had a national stage, um, and 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 she clearly is like stands for oh, so many of the the right things that particularly like younger voters and voters of color and like you know the new a newer block of uh, voters who have been disenfranchised with the Democratic establishment stand for. And so like, it kind of would be this fucking insane situation. Now, the initial response that I saw from people, of course, these were people on Twitter are like, you know, he's using her as a prop if he does this, and this is fucked up, and it's like... Which is super offensive to Stacey Abrams. Nobody has been more
1: in control of her, like, narrative, her life choices. She spent how many years running ground
0: game before ever running for an off public office? That's right. But, but look, I don't know if this is... If the rumor's true. I don't know what they're thinking or talking about. I can't comment on that at all. But let's just say for a... Let's just assume for a minute that... uh, stacey abrams is gonna whatever the decision that's made if this actually happens that she's going into it with her uh eyes wide open and knows what she's getting into and wants to be getting into it and knows who joe biden is and likes joe biden and wants to be uh working with him in some capacity like you really you really can't question her uh motivation i mean you can't yeah how condescending to say she's just a prop like
1: it's her she's a very 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 intelligent well a lot of people are like a lot of people very are wise like a lot woman. of people
0: are like has, has anybody i mean a lot of the comments are dumb they're like what about what does stacy abrams have to say about this and it's like that's not how it works like she obviously is not they're not going to be like hey stacy abrams is going to be the vp and she's going to be like what you know like it's gonna be yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be a surprise to yeah, her this isn't shocking you know but people are like um oh yeah has she been asked it's like yeah i think if they're talking if this is a rumor there's yeah, a it's conversation. It's a it's a rumor because there's a conversation,
1: and we also haven't heard from her in a while. And it would have been smart for her if she was entering those conversations yeah. to
0: keep quiet. And, and for I a while. do think it's a it's a it's a say what you will. Uh, it may be a um, there may be something about it that is um, what's the right way to to what's the right word I'm looking for? There may be something that's kind of like phony about it to some extent, in the sense that like. Maybe Joe Biden, you know his, uh, you know maybe he's doing it to hedge bets against him being like an old white guy who's got like kind of a some questionable votes in his history and some questionable moments. Um, but if it is, it's a pretty brilliant version of how to do it, you know, because he gets a he gets a running mate and a partner a partner in the White House who absolutely stands for the things that so many of the people I know who hate Joe Biden are very, very supportive of. And so like- I mean, it w-
1: I would genuinely be reassuring to me in the main ways that I don't care for Joe Biden because even if in the most cynical version, he was like, I guess I'm stuck with this person or whatever, even if she is just completely a cynical, it's a completely cynical way to use her, even if she's going into this o- eyes wide open knowing that, I don't think Stacey Abrams would let the worst of his, I really believe in her and I really do support support her and i i seriously like her and i think it would soften joe biden running for me and i think it would actually be a really smart move even the most cynical version of it because
0: having her there i think would uh, like it would uh lighten my conscience a little i think it's listen i think it would be unquestionably a positive thing i think that the motivation around it and you could question the motivation but you could also but like i don't know what is in biden's uh I don't actually know what he is in his mind and heart in this regard. And he may very well look at the, at the group of people who are potential VPs and say, I think this person is the best possible VP. And I think this person will help me balance where I am maybe old and stodgy and don't know everything that I need to know, even though he's got a lot of experience, like policy experience and a lot of prof- obviously professional and political experience, you know, it, it, that could be the case or he could be like, I'm doing this as some bullshit ploy, but like, it's going to be real if 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 they get elected like she's going to be mm-hmm. the vice president of the united states of america and i don't think we can like totally discount the goodness of that or the potential goodness of that even though this is all rumor right now so i thought that was yeah. interesting i do think like i'm not in no way am i like I, I mean my preference in many ways would be that biden doesn't run because i think we already have a pretty packed there are a lot of viable candidates running Mm -hmm. and if i've got to pick i guess if i have to pick an old white guy uh i guess i'll pick bernie over biden the question then of course becomes though that's like making the assumption that like all these old white guys are essentially the same i mean in 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 the sense that like bernie's is electable like if if the common wisdom with with biden is that like um, american centrist democrats want a um you know want a uh an old white guy that they just feel comfortable with that or whatever. And so like Bernie has as much a chance running as Biden or as much a chance winning as Biden and beating Trump, which is like high. Okay, cool, but I'm not sure that's actually true. I think Biden has name recognition. Like he was VP for yeah. he was VP for eight years with the like most popular president of all time. Yeah, it says more about Obama. And right, and that's right. And our most recent president who people generally thought was pretty great. And was like one in kind of landslide victories twice, like pretty big victories. And, and so like, I think there's a lot of like, people just know who Joe Biden is and like know his track record and are like, I know this guy I saw him in the white house all the they time They associate with him with a steady, yeah, stable time. That's right. And so like, I don't think there's, just, I don't think you can just say there's, it's one-to-one. Like, I do think that's like being a little bit too liberal with no pun intended with like how we, um, view old white guys. Um, uh, but to be perfectly honest, like I would prefer almost any of the other candidates to an old white guy. Like I'm sorry, but like I would really prefer that the next president of the United States is considerably younger and not I mean, that, and not that a is, du- and not a dude.
1: I mean, I that I'm falling very f- farther and farther into the Pete camp because I think Pete provides both the steady, stable, like. Uh, um uh, what's the word um, uh, I hate I hate using this word, but like the civility and like the manner that that the Biden's appeal I guess is, but he also is younger and he has fresher ideas and stuff. And I think Biden and Stacey Abrams running would kind of take the wind out of everybody who isn't them's sales. You know what I mean? like it becomes just Kamala Beto and Biden in that scenario. And um, I would rather see the conversation keep going for at least a while, then uh, end up in a 2016 scenario again.
0: Yeah. I just, i look honestly at the end of the day, I just need to trump for Trump to not be president. I think we've, I think we've already said this till a million times, you know, like a know, million times, I know. I know. but like, I just really need uh, to have a president who is, I can't a, get to my mid thirties and have Trump have been president. Yeah, just, I just, you know, like, I just die. need a sane, I just need a sane person. Well, I'll I don't want I don't, I don't want to read about, I don't want to read about him, Um, b- you know, bitching about john mccain seven months after the guy's dead i just like i'll just say this. listen
1: we're all exhausted with fucking politics like trump's policies and, are and bad the insanity
0: trump's trump's racist his policies are bad he seems like maybe he is actually like mentally ill in some way like he needs like real like mental health like help um but i don't but like i more than anything i just want to not be thinking about the destabilized world every second of every day because of like one insane, shitty ass person is the president. And like, I felt this way when Bush was president. This is like Bush on crack, you know? This is like Bush on the strongest cocaine of all time. Which I mean, Bush was Bush an unsettling was
1: feeling in the back of my head most times. Uh, Trump isn't. not have Twitter. I mean, and if he you're still like hearing this, us talk he about. It. If you're sick of hearing us talk about this, think about how sick I am of thinking about it. Yeah, and it's it is genuinely right. it's this isn't derangement syndrome or whatever. We are genuinely in a crisis every moment of every day, and if it's exhausting, it's because that a crisis in every moment of every day is exhausting, and this cannot go on any longer. So at this point, I just think I don't I don't know. None of us know what the formula for beating Trump is, but I think we have to examine every option and if if biden abrams is an option that can please a lot of people let's just like
0: let's go (laughs) like i don't you know what i mean yeah
1: i guess i'm at that point where i'm just like old white guy sucks. but if you told me
0: i'm sorry if you told me right now okay and this is just i'm gonna be very real if you told me right now you're like i went into the future and i can guarantee if joe biden runs he will be he will beat trump i'd be like that's good biden's fine great I'm sorry. I just, I just don't, I want universal health care. I want universal health care. I want there to be. Uh, I, I want. Um, I think we should socialize. Along. I think we should reduce defense spon- spending. I think we should stay out of. I want foreign, a green new deal. Stay out of foreign conflicts. I think the green new deal is a great fucking idea. I think we need to shift hard away from um, you know uh, uh, this fucking climate change denial bullshit into climate change panic and like actual policy around that. But like, and I want all that to happen. And, and like, I, I, you know, a double, triple undoubtedly i have a fucking kid but listen so many of the fucking socialists i see on twitter don't have children like live in this world with a shot with a five-year-old girl and look at the way the world's going to be for her and like believe me you'll want the things you want like twice as bad and so like I, that all that said like until we get we move this fucking deranged lunatic out of the white house nothing good will happen like it doesn't matter how good your policy is if you can't Get to the White House now. You may argue, well, they can. Fine, I don't give a shit. Doesn't matter. It only matters if you can get there and prove it. Prove that you can get there. I don't care if you get if the if you are the primary victor. Like the reality is, and I know everybody's like, oh, it's all a, it's all a rigged thing, and the you know the the DNC, it's all like a scheme, and they're gonna just you know pink you know they're gonna peg Biden. But like the reality is like say what you want to say, man, Nancy Pelosi is fucking good at some things. Like she got to where she got for a reason and she's good at certain things and like, you can't deny it. And there's a reason why like AOC isn't like just fucking bashing Nancy Pelosi every, every time she gets an opportunity because she's starting to realize undoubtedly that like working with Nancy Pelosi is better than working against Nancy Pelosi. And so anyhow, long and short of it is like, it doesn't matter (laughs) like who it is. It just matters that they get rid of Trump and then we I can begin, we could begin to put back together whatever was happening that was good in this country. Cause look, there was still a lot of bad too. Obama, there was a lot of bad shit going on too, but like there was at least a glimmer of forward progress. We weren't literally like supporting white supremacists openly, you know, like we were, we were, we were at least tilting towards the right direction, if not all the way moving in that direction. So like, we just need to stop the Trump shit right now. That's job number one. And I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. I mean, we just have to get someone in office that that isn't Trump, like immediately. Yeah. Um, and please. then we need
1: to spend that those four years. And I'm glad we're finally having these discussions about information monopolies and about the Electoral College because once somebody else is in that office, we have four years to prevent a scenario where something like that happens yeah, again. Yeah, and we should. And by the way, I just want to say like,
0: – Four things, years wh- where we don't get President Ivanka Trump. Yeah, and one of the things I want to say is that shit ain't going to happen. One of the things I want to say is uh, – maybe it would happen. But one thing I want to say, one thing I want to say is um, – we probably sound like panicked maniacs. We're like, just get Trump out of the White House. And I know that like, the um, red pilled right wingers are like, always like, Oh, I love it. He drives the libs crazy. But it's like, yes, he does drive us crazy. Because he's like, a low information, mentally ill maniac, who sucks and everything he does is stupid, and backwards and horrible. And most of it is like violent and racist. And so like, you're right. He's driving us crazy by being a shitty person with shitty yeah, ideas. Congratulations. Shitty
1: you trolled us by putting someone, an insane person in charge of nukes that can kill all of us. Yeah, no, congratulations. Like, you did like your right. troll. He's, he's, Was it
0: worth it? Yeah, he's driving the libs crazy because literally all of his policies are garbage and he's a garbage person. And they're hurting you. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, let's all right, let's wrap this nightmare up. Now I'm so depressed right. I gotta start drinking. Let's go to nice things. Okay. Let's go <laughs> to nice things. I'll get you out of that. All right, fine. Do your nice things. Let's get it going. <laughs>
1: To anyone who thinks that we're very negative on this show, we have a whole segment. of yeah, but look, of we nice saved things. we saved
0: the real negativity towards right at the end. We caught, we yeah. caught, we trapped you, like uh, you know, like you were smelling a beautiful flower. Well, and the next you thing you know, what? boom, Venus flytrap.
1: Should we say,
0: um, that tomorrow, like going forward, what our plan is? Mm, uh, I mean, I think one thing will. I think one thing I want to say is like you know we're working on input, um, which is a new technology publication. And, uh, and there's gonna be like a lot of stuff around that in the very near future, like a lot more information. And we're working
1: furiously on this. This is not like, this is coming. And we're very excited about it. And I think
0: every and I think tomorrow will be a part of that. I think, you know, I think tomorrow is a little bit of has a little bit on an island right now. And I think that, and I feel very strongly. So I'm excited, like, there's gonna be an evolution of what we do with tomorrow. um, And there's gonna be like a lot more. Sort of activity around the stuff we're doing on tomorrow with like other things we're doing out on the If web you miss aspects of
1: the show or you have ideas for new aspects of the show, we are going to evolve and, and, and it, the show, um, is right now it's on an island, but when we <laughs> have, when input launches, it, the show itself will be, uh, part of the wave of things we do around yeah. that. And it's very exciting. Um, so we're going to keep chatting and hanging out with you every week, but it's to get you hype for Yeah, when this is the like, a, this is like a, almost
0: like a, um,
1: we're yeah. teasing you. Yeah. We're well, I think it's like, you. you know,
0: we've gone through a lot of iterations <laughs> of tomorrow and and I think that there's And a, I love that about it. Yeah. And, and look, a part of it is just like I need if I don't have somewhere to to rant um like a maniac every week, you know, I get I get really bent out of shape. Um, yeah, you? But um You start tweeting, nobody wants that. Nobody wants <laughs> that. No one. Uh so anyhow, so so yeah, there's gonna be a lot more to talk about there, but I think it'll be yeah. exciting and and I'm excited personally about kind of moving moving the ball forward. It, well, speaking of other
1: nice things, yeah,
0: um, uh, I have two. Um, I
1: have been watching The Good Fight on CBS All Access, a streaming network that you shouldn't subscribe to. Um, and, uh, the show is, it is it, an evolution of of a very standard, um, network show. Um, it, it it was a spinoff of The Good Wife, but it centers around Christine Baranski. The Good Fight. And, I've never
0: watched. I stopped watching The Good Wife after um, what's his name died. Sorry, spoiler alert. But a major character. Yeah, dies a major character dies. Um, it's phenomenal. It is the best show on TV. It
1: is dealing with themes of, um, liberals considering using the ugliest tools of conservatives and Nazism and fascism, frankly, um, in the context of, um, very realistic law cases. And, um, it is much more political than The Good Wife Ever was. Um, and it's much more about the ways we communicate and the, Um, effectiveness of uh, doing things you know is wrong in service of like ends justify the means and um, the way that in our desperation for a change in the world um, that especially women and marginalized groups it's about a black firm at which a couple of white lawyers uh, are now working Um, but they're disgraced white lawyers and they um, the way that disgraced white lawyers I'd watch that show it's the ways that that especially women um, and and um, black women and the intersectionality of of marginalized groups, the ways that those groups are scared and they're desperate to uh, try to get some control over their own destinies back, and and it's just it's it's fascinating. It's such a good show. Christine Baranski is um, doing a master class and. Uh, you, you should really watch it. It's so good. I know um, I recommend a show every week, but uh, God, the Good Fight, God! You're really, you're really going for it. My goodness, I love the Good Fight. I I can't speak highly enough about it. Um, there's that, and then the other nice thing was that I went to dinner with um uh, my oldest friend, um and the best man at my wedding to uh, uh Raclette, uh, which is a cheese centric restaurant Ooh. in the East Village, mm-hmm. and. Oh, boy, that is an old standby of restaurants, but it is so good. Mm. Just pick a night, go with a friend, decide things you don't want to talk about, like Trump or whatever you don't want in your mind, and gorge yourself on cheese because mm. it was a release valve that Daddy didn't know he needed. Wow. And it was
0: just so good. Oh, God, wow. cheese, is, cheese is addictive and great. That's amazing um, and uh, it has made me somewhat hungry, I've got to tell you
1: oh so good and then i tried to do uh i took home a doggy bag and i tried to make the leftovers this morning and you know a fresh cheesy meal does not keep (laughs) but oh it was good yesterday
0: cheese needs to be it's got to be enjoyed either cold or recently melted fresh yeah you can't like the the in-between is not good no reheating
1: cheese i mean we've all tried to reheat pizza it's never the same
0: i got two i got two good good things nice things First is a food, f- My first is food-related, actually, um, jumping off your uh, cheese thing. Uh, we got um, that you can buy White Castle veggie sliders in the, the freezer section of your local grocery store. <laughs> and uh, last night I had a few drinks and was like, man, I'm hungry. What do we have that I can eat here? And I got to say, the only instructions on the – which I think is really impressive. The only instructions on how to prepare the veggie sliders is microwave. And the instructions are like uh, – Put the microwave on high for 40 seconds on each side and call it a day. Which is like clearly this has been like chemically engineered for people who've had a few drinks and need to eat <laughs> something quickly. No, yeah, this is for high people. <laughs> yeah. You're high people. And they're I gotta tell you, they're fucking delicious. They're really good. <laughs> really good. You know what I you know what I paired them with? Some mayo chup, which is <laughs> which is the the Heinz ketchup. A dipper's mayo. competitor? Dude. Mayo <laughs> chup is fucking good. It is really good. Anyhow, it's the mayo ketchup mixture that everybody needs to have in their home. Um, Isn't I think it just they call special call I like sauce? It, 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 it's a special sauce in the UK or something. I mean, that's McDonald's or like sauce, right? like spe- no, there's just something else. It's like no, no. It's not called special sauce. It's called like what do people call it? People, I was like tweeting about it. People are like, oh, it's like saucy sauce or some shit like that. Yeah. It's like saucy. You know how the British are? They always have some weird names. Yeah, they're always calling things knobs and fannies. Uh, yeah. And then the second thing is like I swore I wasn't gonna do it, but I'm. I think I'm very tempted to get the. Um, analog is doing a uh sega genesis oh yeah system that does oh. it does game gear master system uh genesis and then i think there's some support of cd games sega cd games and uh there's there, i think there may be support for 32x games in the future I just at least want to like,
1: come to your house and play with all these analogs. there's like rumors they're well here's so the fucking, good.
0: but here's the fucking problem is that they're super impractical i just want them because like analog is so first off the hardware is so fucking good. And mm-hmm. I do actually have a box full of Genesis and master system games at my parents' house that I would, I will definitely go and get. Oh um, yeah. And, and, and like, I just kind of like, I, I don't know. I really respect what they're doing as a company and I want to support it. And also I have a problem and I need to get help because I can't stop buying new electronics. By the way, I was at, a, I was at a target literally earlier today and almost bought a S 10 plus, which oh is my like, God. I mean, seriously, there's like something very wrong with me. Um, but i didn't i I refrained the guy the guy at the store was like why what what do you what do you think about he's like what what, you know why do you why do you want to get a new phone i was like uh there's zero reason like i don't even want this phone and i'm like why 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 are we even talking um he's like okay (laughs) no but he was definitely trying to sell me the phone but uh i didn't go for it so anyhow yeah no so those are my two those are my two uh those are my nice things and i think they're pretty i think they're pretty good I think
1: they're pretty nice. I, I bought. Um, yeah. Speaking of purchases, uh, I guess this is a bonus nice thing. I bought the Mondo Tees. Does these drops of like pop culture related, really high quality stuff um and th- one of the things they do is they do uh, obscure pop culture music on vinyl and i had bought the josie and the pussycats vinyl from them and it was exquisitely made and i just also bought the ones more with feeling uh buffy musical episode vinyl mm, and i absolutely wow. adore the music on the on Once more Worth feeling uh which joss whedon composed and um so i bought that joss vinyl. Whedon, and he's it looks canceled
0: really nice. joss whedon has been canceled sure so don't talk to me about that <laughs>
1: In my personal calculations, I, I'm not giving up Buffy or uh, Rosemary's <laughs> Baby, but I don't want to hear Michael Jackson or Woody Allen movies. And
0: you know what? I, I can't actually, explain to you is, how that works. Actually, if you put on Thriller and watch Manhattan, uh, you'll find that they're actually timed up perfectly. <laughs> and all the children <laughs> in your neighborhood run away. <laughs> you didn't know that. It's like Dark Side of the Moon and, uh, and uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, PYT and Hannah and Her Sisters just works fine. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> no. All right. Okay. I think this is the point where we should wrap up. Yeah. Uh, We'll be back next week, obviously, but um, why am I saying this now? Anyhow, we should wrap up. Yeah. And then just like move on with our lives. Let these good people who are listening move on with their lives.
1: Yeah, just get back on Twitter and eat and cheese.
0: Wow. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I've just learned that Apple has acquired your family and is doing a limited run series featuring your family, but it's behind a paywall and there's no nudity.